Don't let go, you got the rankings in you. All these songs, there's 222. Add one more, it's 223. This week's guest, he gave this song to me. Ah! Yes! <laughs> Rank it for me now! <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, full disclaimer, guys. Our guest this week, he's already here. He had the idea for that one when he came in the house today. So, Kamalan song. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for the uh, inspirado on this week's song. Um, Julia, welcome. How are you, my love? Oh, hi. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good. You doing well? I'm, I'm doing all right. It's, uh, we're recording this on Toss Day. It is Happy Toss, Toss Day. Day. Um, and I am just having a little Oktoberfest beverage because we're finally getting a bit of fall weather here. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what Toss Day is, some years ago... I was just about to ask. Sir... Richard Starkey posted a video saying that this is a serious message to everybody watching my update right now. Peace and love, peace and love. I want to tell you, please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. If that has a date on the envelope, it's going to be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. After October 20th, no no more fan mail. I'm no warning more you. After October, four, after October 20th, it will be tossed. It will be tossed. So, every year on October 20th, and granted, this will be out in a couple. It'll be after toss day. <clears throat> so, next toss day, toss day 23, yes. use October 20th to take a moment and toss that unwanted <laughs> fan mail out of your life, however that may be. I'm warning you with, with <laughs> peace, peace and, and love. love. I still think the best thing about that video is that it starts off zoomed in on his nose yes. and it zooms out. This is a very important message. I think it was also filmed on like a razor phone yes. in 2000. It definitely looks uh, <laughs> quite pixelated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, friends, welcome to Ranking the Beatles. If you haven't figured out where you already are, by the already off the rails conversation. <laughs> You're listening to Ranking the Beatles. Super Welcome. <laughs> this is episode 84. Wow. My goodness. What a journey we have been on so far. Our guest uh, this week has been here, I believe, five timers five club. times. Five timers club. I think it might just be you and Sean Nelson. And Sean's here because he got two bonuses with uh, McCartney's was, birthday. Only five timer. McCartney birthday, uh, n the Nesmith no. Memorial episode. Oh, yeah. um, I don't count that. And then I think he's been on two plus the one that we just did. Okay. Uh, so I think you guys are the five timers. Yeah. I mean, I wanna, I'll take that company. I want to make a copy of that meme where it's like the old lady and she's like, it's been 84 <laughs> years. And like, it's been 84 episodes. Yes. That's how I feel. Are you creating <laughs> content for the podcast finally? <laughs> no. No. No, just like. Uh, you know, I, I'm just giving you ideas. You can create you, it, you. but I'm okay. feeding you an idea and you can say it's from me. You're welcome. Just like Saturday Night Live. From is there, me to you. Do, do you get a jacket once you hit the five timers oh. club? I gave you a beer when you came in the door man Fair. <laughs> i don't know what else you want kyle it's the five-timer strawberry colada that mm. sounds on on paper it does not sound like it'll be good but that's no, a delightful little beverage yeah it is the oh. uh, urban south paradise park seltzer there it is strawberry colada Plug sponsorship hint hint right <laughs> in 84 episodes we've never gotten a sponsorship offer blotto beetles have had one since like episode two Ugh. wow now granted like their whole thing is drinking yeah. We, we drink in most of our episodes. It's true. Yeah. So, true. Urban South, like, throw us a bone. Or, you know, I'm drink. Julie and I are drinking the Wiseacre um, Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. So, Wiseacre, if you guys <laughs> want to throw us a bone. It's Wiseacre, isn't it? Is it Wiseacre? I thought it was Wiseacre. That's the pronunciation. I don't know. Don't when be we, a Wiseacre. You don't say don't be a Wiseacre. I've never heard. What does don't be a Wiseacre mean? That means don't be a smart aleck. What? Yeah. What? I've never heard that. Yeah. Pretty sure. Huh. Well, you learn something new never in my life. Could be wrong. I mean, you get the can because is it is the name of the company? It is one word. Wiseacre. 
I friends, I'm, friends, do you use the phrase Wazaker? 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 Did your parents use the phrase Wazaker? Because it sounds like something your grandfather might have said. I'm so confused, and I feel the Memphis strong need friends. to just walk into the sea <laughs> right now. What is it? Uh, it sounds like it's in between. Wiseacre. That sounds like Wiseacre, which is what your boy said. <laughs> Thought it was Wiseacre. I mean, it does not sound in between, Kyle. I'm putting the call out <laughs> to our Memphis friends. Please let us know. Oh, I've always heard it as Wiseacre. Then I grew oh. up with a grandmother that didn't speak English till her mid 20s. So what do I know? No. <laughs> well, someone please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, buddy. I'm glad you're here. It's always fun to chat Beatles always, with you. Always, yes. If we don't do it enough uh, following rehearsals or on text messages, <laughs> it's good to record it. Really? I never see you. So this <laughs> is great. <laughs> I let, Kyle actually came in and uh, brought me a Beatles record uh, that I bought on our recent trip uh, to Los Angeles. The uh, collection of Beatles, oh, is it Golden Oldies? Or just oldies, a collection but of Beatles oldies, oldies? but Goldies. Maybe the oh. best artwork. Or worst. One of, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Is it just like granny shit? No, no, no. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's a great track listing, but the cover is fantastic. It's super colorful Ooh, and bright nice and swinging cover. 60s. I don't know about that. Love it. On the back, they're definitely smoking weed in their hotel room in Japan. That's tea. That's steam. Yeah, tea. and that, that, big, that big thing of smoke in the middle? Oh, that's a hookah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those guys are definitely Probably. high. You know, it's 1966. They're yeah. they're definitely smoking the weed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. LP. Wait quality, a minute. <laughs> you Do you me. mean to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. I love it. That's that the Beatles. It's a great looking record. I I think I I might have just gotten it just for the uh, just for the artwork. Oh, it sounds terrible. It <laughs> is the worst sounding. No, it's it's too many songs. They, they, but they, look at the track listed. Right. Let's go track side one. She loves you. From me to you, we can work it out. Help, Michelle. Yesterday, I feel fine. Yellow submarine. Side two. Uh, this is all bangers here. Can't buy me love. Bad boy. Day tripper. Hard days night. Ticket to ride. Paperback writer. Eleanor Rigby. And I want to hold your hand. Like Jesus Christmas. How was that? That's incredible. A compilation of just like yeah, these are songs that could go on a cheap record somewhere. <laughs> they had to grief. kill time after Revolver came out in the summer of '66. Yeah. They had nothing for yeah. Christmas, and they're like. Christmas gotta have something mm -hmm. so thus that compilation yeah well I'm glad I finally got it I'm sure it's not the best audio file experience I'll ever Groove have cramming. look it up kids <laughs> old man Kyle has thoughts on record making just saying <laughs> well Kyle I do want to get your thoughts about something today uh, because today we are talking about a Beatles cover so I want to talk Beatles covers with you sure um, now the Beatles recorded and released 25 cover songs between various albums and EPs uh, and with a few exceptions most of the songs were not the artists like the original artists biggest hit they kind of tend to avoid the big hits usually um, what do you think made Beatle cover songs so successful or alternately what do you think makes Beatles cover songs unsuccessful when they are it's hard to say I Maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe I'm in the majority. Uh, I don't like Beatles covers. No. Don't. Uh, like with, any of them. There's one major exception. Which is? You know it. Twist and Shout. No. Bad Boy. No. Uh, Maggie May. It's one that didn't come <laughs> out initially. Oh, Leave My Kitten Alone. Okay, yeah. That's the biggest goof Which in the that's catalog. Sure. The biggest crime yeah. in the entire discography that that somehow did not come out sure. I don't I don't I, I'll never understand but that. the rest you don't like them I don't hate them right, you, I think, uh, yeah. uh, they're not your thing you prefer not to listen to those uh, the Beatles did a lot of things well covering R&B songs I'd argue not not among them interesting just not their their love for the music is clear and uh, they're into it I like elements of it. Uh, Paul McCartney can belt out Long Tall Sally. Great. Uh, Dizzy Miss Lizzie. Great vocal. That guitar part gets the arrangement a little, way, little wearying after a while. Meh. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to look at even contemporaries of theirs, look up any footage of The Who circa 64-65 playing any R&B cover they absolutely 
smoke the Beatles. Interesting. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. Smoke. Um, I just don't think that was their thing. Yeah. For me, that's interesting because I, I feel like the Who came to things with the idea of like they came to their those early covers like this is like a blues song or an R and B song, and all we're really going to do is just kind of electrify. They it. hoot it up. Yeah, that's what they. Whereas did. the Beatles kind of will straighten it up a little yes. bit and make it a rocker. But they didn't make it Beatley, if that makes sense. Like the the Beatles R and B covers don't sound, I don't know, Beatley enough. Also, they sound I, kind of square. I feel like to me. I feel like the Beatle covers they grew so fast as songwriters that it didn't make sense for them to turn a song, you know, like a, a, a I don't know, a, a Beatle, a be, a, turn any cover song into like something quote unquote Beatley because then right. it sounds like a pastiche. Because like. You know, it's a fine line between just like you know, well, fair. I don't know going that, woo. I don't know that I agree with that because I think that the problem with their covers are that they stay a little too close to the original, mm -hmm. and that makes it feel like a pastiche to me instead of putting their own spin on it, which is what the Who did. They were like, it's it's gonna be close, it's gonna be recognizable, oh, yeah. but we're gonna make it ours. They do, and like, you, it's, you're gonna know it's yeah. the fucking Who. They right. do, please, 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 uh, James Brown. Mm-hmm. It just, it sounds like a Who song. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess I never, I'm trying to think of is that a because Beatle cover Keith that Moon I'm makes... like, where you go like, oh yeah, it's an R&B cover, but this is definitely the Beatles doing it vocally. Yeah, sure. Is you it get because it, like Keith Moon turns anything into a Keith, into a, a Who thing? the whole band. It's Whereas Ringo just plays to what the song Distortion and, you know, the, the whole thing. Yeah. It was just an aggression to the attack and the way they did all these R&B songs. Uh, kids go out and immediately Spotify leaving here by the who and you'll hear you'll hear everything that a white R&B cover should be that you just don't in Beatles R&B covers Interesting. Um, I'm not a hater this is not like, a it, take not, I expected from you not to say I've, that you're a, always an apologist no 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 I've we, always felt we probably let a lot of things go but. oh no I mean I'm you know me I'm the biggest Beatles nerd in history but this this just always I mean if I could have Matchbox or even <laughs> oh, <yeah>. a <laughs> bottom tier Lennon McCartney original mm -hmm. give me the Lennon McCartney original sure I mean they had, they had a scrapbook yeah, of like what 150 your, songs your Matchboxes for every Matchbox and every Mr. Moonlight there's a Leave My Kitten Alone and um, God is that and a that, that a long tall salad, you know. And I'd argue they didn't release that for the, all the reasons you and I at least wanted to hear it. Yeah, because they were like, "Whoa, like this is way too raw." Yeah, to be on a on a Beatles record. Whereas I'm like, "No, that's, <laughs> that's give me what that. Makes it so good, <laughs> inject that into my veins." They never did that before yeah. or after. Not even close. Yeah, interesting. You know, I've always I'm a big fan of of beetle covers of most of them i mean obviously your mr moonlights and your matchboxes you know we can toss them they can go in the bin today um but they're okay i like they're a few fine in the I, I mean but i like anna fine i always feel like chains bad um <laughs> i always feel like the reason i like them so much is and this is also probably why they they kind of keep it a little close to the to the nor to the, the the regular version, but I feel like you really most of the time can really hear the affinity they have for that material and the excitement with which they play it in the same way that if that. you and I sat in this room and played Beatles songs, we'd be giddy as fucking school kids yeah. and just bashing away and having a blast. Sure. And I feel like that's what they sound like to me most of the time. Right. Like there's always something that's more surface than just like. Uh, you know, a Jerry and the Pacemakers cover of, sort sure. of, you know, something. So I get that. I just, uh, and I feel like since all of these happened early in their career, mm -hmm. they kind of had technology against them in a sense. I don't know. It kind of would have been interesting if they would have been, I mean, we heard a ton of how many and get back. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. Just, you know, goofing around on those, but if they would oh, have, but, if they would have done one like, with like late era Beatles yeah. production. That but also, like, the energy is totally different then. Like, they sure. don't sound like, you know, 
the savage young Beatles anymore. They're yeah, they're the tired old. They're the Beatles. rich tired old Beatles. <laughs> the <laughs> heroin Beatles asking Mal to go get socks for them, you know, <laughs> as opposed to wearing the same socks for a week straight. Right, doing an entire <laughs> LP in twelve hours. Yeah, it's very very different. <laughs> so, but yeah, so you know, I should put Twist and Shout in top tier covers. I don't know what I'm talking about there. That's yeah, that, that's up there. I was, I'm probably going to get raked over the coals at some point because there's a handful of covers in the top, not just the top 100, but top 50. Really? For me, yeah. Like, I'll tell you all now. I would I would put one. Bad Boy, top 100. Wow. Love that song. That is a scorcher. Like, that it, makes me want to, like. It's on the record. You just That got. makes me want to kick something in the in the head and, like, rock wow. out. Like, bust through a door like the Kool-Aid never, man. Never get it. Never did it for me. God, really? Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, the other thing I wanted to think about was, you know, what do you think about the idea that the Beatles kind of maybe killed the idea of a band or an artist relying so heavily on covers? Um, or at least changed the idea that a band could only rely on other material versus focusing on self-penned songs? Because I feel like they were kind of the bellwether. Like, they were like sure. the shift, the sea change for it's not enough to just cover a song and be really good and sound good. Like you got to bring your own stuff to the table. Now it's, it's inarguable yeah. that, that that's what happened. Yeah. As soon as they broke and were doing it with their own material, promise you that was a, an uh Oh moment for Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Pete Townsend, mm-hmm. Ray Davies. Cause at that point everyone knew like we better learn. We, right. We, 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 we got to, <laughs> We got to figure it out here. Yeah. Uh, and even having said that, the the first Kinks album is almost all R and B covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, first couple of Stones records are almost all R and B covers. Um, Lennon so, McCartney cover. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got their first big hit. But uh, their first single was "Come On," a Chuck Berry cover. So mm-hmm. it's. If you look at the timeline, it's in, inarguable that uh, supplying your own material pre-Beatles versus post-Beatles is like Wizard of Oz going from black and white to color. Like yeah, it, whole new world. You 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 had to step it up, and you uh, you had to write. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's a fair point. I guess I never thought of it, but uh, now that you say it, I'm thinking of a lot of. 64-ish, even in the 65 debut records of uh, English bands that were some or most mostly covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and after, I mean, by the time you get to 66, it's just, it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Not if you wanted to make any noise in the marketplace. And you still got your outliers like the Birds or the Turtles or something like that who like, you know, are covering Dylan songs and like doing like folk songs. Turtles is a different thing. I mean, they and Kalen Volman eventually started writing, but uh, they were a different kind of. They were a pop band that, yeah. just like Three Dog Night or something, were just happy to have professional songwriters show them their wares and mm-hmm. and uh, have hits with them. Birds is interesting because they did a lot of Dylan covers. That's yeah, they, just, they like made stuck their to name. the Dylan thing. Yeah, and. Uh, but they did have Gene Clark, who was an amazing songwriter. Crosby eventually got writing, but whose influence was that? Yeah. The Beatles. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. What are you thinking about this, Julian? What are your thoughts on the Beatle cover world? I'm curious about that. Uh, I'm just going to go sit closer to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel like Joe Fan, just average fan... I would feel like would not rate these. How many are there? 20? 25. 25. Would not put them in the same tier as the original. Probably not. I would say the exception would be Twist and Shout because right. it's so it's so omnipresent and so right. on there. And we have such a good association with it from like Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Bueller's day off. But also like <laughs> even before Ferris Bueller, I think that song asserted itself as like a major moment for them. Oh yeah. You know, like that was a massive hit for them aside from that. And in the no, but I mean specifically, like for our generation. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like people that grew up around that time. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think uh, who I know. So then, well, how, not, like, then how do you how do you enjoy like the the BBC compilations? Love it. That are 95. percent Love it. 
covers. But to me, that's a different thing. That's not going on yeah. a commercially released studio LP. Sure. Me, BBC Sessions exists outside of that kind of on their own. Mm -hmm. And as such, very enjoyable. Yeah. Bought it the day it came out. Yeah. Love it. Did you get the second one? Nope. I didn't either. I don't know why. It's okay. I feel like the best stuff is on volume one. <laughs> I, that and was, I guess, that's just why they waited what I 20 guessed. years to release another volume like, of it. <laughs> didn't they call the cream of this? Yeah. For the first one? There's a couple of repeats. Of or like, the second one, is it not just the first one and new stuff all in one? No, it's a whole other, a whole other huh. two disc, uh, you know, compilation. But there are some songs that are repeated from the first one, not the same okay. record, same version, but right. like another version of I don't know, Clarabella or something like that. No, yeah. I, I love all that. The uh, the period interviews with Brian Matthew, mm -hmm. utterly charming, great historical value. All of it. No, I love I loved that set when it came out. Yeah. It gives me a lot of pleasure. Um, but yeah, with the exception of, uh, I'm trying to think Murray, who would probably put the covers all in the right. top 25. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, Murray. Um, Chains, number right. one. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to struggle to think of Devil anyone in I her know. heart, number two. Right. <laughs> I do have like a little bit of an affinity for Anna because oh, yeah. of how we like connected over the Married with Children <laughs> episode. That was like... <laughs> That was like an early connection with him. That was like an early connection in our dating. Or like we were that episode. Realized, well, we, one of us made the joke, and we were both just like, "You know that? Oh my god, I am so into you." I remember when him. that aired. Yeah, yeah. And that whole episode, I was screaming at the television. So I'm like, "It's Anna!" <laughs> Why don't you just know? Honestly, everyone like, knows. To be perfectly transparent, like I didn't even know that that was a Beatles song like that like I, I guess cover not song oh, so you're but a like Arthur Alexander I, stan, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no I just knew the episode like uh, it was such like a funny concept I don't know why I just remember that episode so vividly and the <laughs> him, Go with him. <laughs> and he's like slowly losing his mind right. throughout the episode <laughs> trying to think of the song and then I put it together that it was the Beatles and I was like oh this is why he knows that episode I wonder if I can get Ed O'Neill on the podcast that would be great Ed are you listening to our podcast would love yeah. to have you on here if anyone knows that is listening to anybody know podcast. ed o'neill oh god if you could get <laughs> him on the boy. anna episode that would be oh oh my, oh my god. god oh my god okay <laughs> that would okay. be the highest rated new ever. life goal new life goal <laughs> ed o'neill on the anna episode gotta get ed on here and, and like honestly like that what that's one of the things that like brought us together is like yeah. the fact that we both knew that episode this podcast we like, would oh not god. happen without ed o'neill wow <laughs> oh man well, I think let's uh, let's dive into our song today. Okay. If only because there is a Saints game this evening. I, I can tell you're here in your Taysom Hill jersey. <laughs> you're ready to go support your boyfriend and Taysom <laughs> show him you love. <laughs> so, friends, let's turn to no, this week at number 132 is Kansas City. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> The song Kansas City was written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller in 1952. It was first released that year by Little Willie Littlefield under the title KC Lovin'. 
and though it didn't chart nationally, it was successful in different markets. It caught the ear of one Richard Penniman, also known as Little Richard, and in 1955, he recorded two different versions of the song. One that stayed fairly close to the original, and then a reworked version of it that he medleyed with a song of his own entitled Hey 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 Hey. This version was released three years later in 1958 on the album The Fabulous Little Richard, which reminds me at some point we got to talk about Little Richard and his, uh, his vocal care <laughs> method that McCartney oh talked God, about. So good. <laughs> uh, so it was released in 1958 on the album The Fabulous Little Richard. Now, in 1959, Wilbert Harrison, an artist who'd been performing the song live for years, released a version that stuck a little closer to the original. And on the Billboard charts for March 30th, 1959, there were five different versions of Kansas City on the charts. Wow, I knew yeah. two. Five. I knew three, sorry. Lieber and Stoller were rolling in the dough. <laughs> uh, now, the following week, with after a week of five versions of the song... Sidebar, how... So, like, you sort of talked about how the Beatles brought in, like, writing your own songs. Like, how pissed were all those songwriters? Very Do you think upset. they, like hate the Beatles they were like oh fuck these guys who do you think you are (laughs) but also like there's songs on a record that's selling four quadrillion copies so they're like oh yeah the artists who the Beatles covered were happy (laughs) were stoked but like Tim Pan Alley guys in general were not happy oh yeah Yeah. for sure so following a week of five different versions of this song on the chart Little Richard's version is then released as a single Uh, now however can you tell me the five artists I'm sorry to interrupt again I just the five artists that had it on the chart are, let's see, we had Wilbert Harrison, we had uh, Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. Oh, okay. How do you know who that is? I know Hank Ballard. <laughs> Finger popping time. Bruh, what? He also wrote The Twist. That was a big hit for Chub- Chubby Chubby. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so you had, you had... Where are we now? You had Wilbert Harrison. You had Hank Bauer and the Midnighters. Rocky Olson. Rockin' Ronald and the Rebels. Lord. <laughs> and a reissue of Little Willie Littlefields. Wow. Yeah. So those five then joined the following week by Little Richard. Uh, now, Wilbert Harrison's was the biggest hit of them all, charting at number one on the pop and R&B charts, where it reigned for seven weeks. It was one of the top-selling records of the year, and in 2001 received a Grammy Hall of Fame award. It's also included on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. It's important to remember, though, this is not that, that, that this version differs lyrically and arrangement-wise from the Little Richard version that the Beatles would cover. Yeah, the Beatles definitely covered the Little yes, Richard. Yes, they version. covered the Little Richard. Um, However, it was Richard's version that caught the Beatles' attention. According to Mark Lewison's book, Tune In, the earliest performance of it can be traced back to the summer of 1960. It was a staple of their Hamburg and Cavern Club years, uh, actually being part of their first ever televised appearance in footage of them at the Cavern Club in 1962. It's the same footage where they're doing some, some other, other guy. guy. Right. They're also doing Kansas City, Hey, Hey, Hey. I've had a couple of requests to do a tune called Kansas City, so I'd like to do Uh, it was recorded several times for BBC sessions, but seems to have fallen out of their live set until their first ever live appearance in Kansas City in, the se- in September of 64, where they added it to their set and received such a great response for it, it became a candidate for their next album. So in a marathon nine-hour recording session on Sunday, October 18th, between dates of their UK tour, the band convened for a session in which they would end up with eight finished songs at the end of uh, after spending the first hour working on edits and overdubs for the previously recorded eight days a week, the band turned their attention to recording Kansas City, Hey, 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 Hey. So Paul recently told a story on the Mark Marin podcast uh, about the recording of this song. He stated that John used to ask him how he was able to sing these little Richard parts, and Paul replied, and this is Paul's quote, uh, I'm not going to do it in the accent because I don't want to be an idiot. Uh, he replied, I don't know. I feel like it just comes out of the top of my head. Uh, While running rehearsals for the song, Paul was also having trouble hitting that vocal part. He recalls that John pulled him aside and said, Remember, it comes out of the top of your head. (laughs) Which I kind of love that, like, goofiness of, like, just remember it. It comes out of the top of your head. (laughs) Diaphragm, circular breathing techniques. You just got to top of your head. Um, So uh, the band that recorded two songs of the take live, and take one is The Keeper. 
Uh, Engineer Jeff Emmerich notes that uh, all the other Beatles, Ringo included, joined in on the Hey 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 response vocals while tracking the song itself. Uh, which is interesting because... I don't hear Ringo in there. It's in that just loud group. Hey, 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 hey! Uh, the only overdubs on the track were a George Martin piano track that's barely in the mix and hand claps on the outro of the song. Uh, the song was released December 4th, 1964 on Beatles for Sale, but not in the U.S. until July of 65 on Capitol's Beatles 6. Uh, the band, as previously stated, played it live a number of times, but by the time their cover was released, had dropped it from the set, except for a couple of miming performances uh, that predated it in October and November of 64. Uh, Paul did play it on his 1993 tour and also at the Music for Montserrat 1997 benefit show in an all-star jam with Sting, Elton John, Phil Collins, Carl Perkins, and more. So, why do I have Kansas City, hey, 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 at 132? So, like I was talking about earlier, I've got a real affinity for Beatle rock and roll covers. Um, that's kind of how this one has ended up as high as it has, and others will appear later in this podcast that will probably infuriate and shock people. I just genuinely love their covers. Not as much as the big elephant in the room. Which one is that? There's so many elephants in the room. You, you, you know the nine. elephant. Take a Revolution in the entire, Nine. Oh, yes. Come on, man. In the entire RTB room. Everyone's waiting. No one can move. That Top elephant 20. is so big. It's taking up all the space. Top 25, you Jags. <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay. So. I think this is actually one of the most exciting moments on Beatles for Sale. Uh, the band's energy is there right from the get-go. Even in the intro, you just kind of feel it. When Paul's vocal kicks in, I feel like you're already at like a 9 out of 10. The band is so tight and solid, they're swinging so hard, it feels like a freight train just coming right at you. Uh, George turns in a guitar solo that, while it's not particularly melodic or a standout, uh, it more than does the job well enough and really builds up this transition to the second part of the song that's really nice. And when the hey, hey, hey's kick in, I'm sorry, the hey, 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 hey's kick in, you kind of can't not want to scream along with it. Uh, Paul's vocals in that amazing sweet spot of raspy and still screamy, but also completely in control and melodic. We just talked about this ability he has with Sean Nelson uh, a couple days ago, mm -hmm. uh, where he can just scream absolute bloody murder, but still he's totally on the note and totally in control of what he's doing. And it's a real kind of singular thing that not many people can do. And I can't think of any who do it as well as Paul does. Uh, the response vocal is just this massive, big, loud gang vocal, and the energies kind of seem to push each other. And Paul really hits it like when he does like those woos, like those Richard falsettos that are so cool. Uh, it's just so much fun. Like that's kind of the long and short. The song is just fun, uh, and it seems wild that it didn't appear in their live set more than it did. Uh, I think their live version smokes the Little Richard's version. I just do. Uh, and this is a feat they don't always, I just do. This is a feat they don't always hit on some of their covers of his stuff because he's so brilliant. Um, but on this one, I'm going to give them the win on it. I think this is a real high point of Beals for Sale for me, and I think the track should get more love than it does. Kyle, you look Shame. like you're ready to explode. Shame. You know what? Before, before <laughs> I want to let him simmer on it for a second. Julia, you go first. You tell us what you think. I want to let Kyle stew over here. This never happens. I, I wanna, never get to go first. I want to start to see steam coming out of his ears. Oh, my ears. God. It's going to be amazing. He's going to he's gonna have to like sit on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Julia? Um, so I have a little confession. Yeah. I don't think I've actually heard this song before today. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know this one. That's all right. This no, you're weird. Your impressions um, will be fresh. That's good. Yeah. So definitely fresh. Um, I, it's fine. It's yeah. a pretty good little Richard impression, I guess. Um, I don't feel as strongly as you do about it. Sure. I certainly think it's too high on the list. Um, mo like, not mostly, but, like, especially since it's a cover. Mm -hmm. I, I think they have so much to offer in their own voice that, to use your word, doing a pastiche of someone else mm -hmm. is just not their best offering. Sure. Um. I definitely don't think that they smoke the Little Richard version. Um, I don't even think they, like, match the Little Richard energy. Like, think about Little Richard. Like, he's bonkers. He, he is. is, like, he all is. over the place hitting those a, notes. He's only like, at a 10. He yes. Know how to no, he's, like, a 12 else. at minimum. <laughs> like, he's all over the place. And 
And it's a good performance. Like Paul sounds good. Like I like what you said. Like he's hitting that spot of like where he's having that sort of intensity in his voice, but mm-hmm. still completely in control. And it's good and it's fine. But it's fine. Yeah. It's not. I'm not like blown away. I'm not like this is amazing. Um, it's just fine. Like I think. I feel like the problem is that when they do the R&B covers, like they're trying to cover songs by people with so much sort of like soul and personality and uh, life and just put so much into it and they're just not hitting it. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I, I wish that they could appreciate those things without trying to recreate them. Sure. sure. If that makes sense. Okay. Like, I just don't feel like they hit the mark. Interesting. Because they just don't have that. Like, they're, and this is not to shit on the Beatles at all. They wrote some amazing songs, but they were their own voice, and therefore they put the, they're more authentic, if that makes sense. Like, they're better because they're more authentic, and you can tell that it's their own voice, and they, they put more into it. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, I can understand that. Okay. Um, so I did go back and listen to the the Wilbert Harrison version. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so weird. Like, it sounds like something Fats Domino would write if he grew up in Kansas City instead of New Orleans. <laughs> like, it's that very like Fats Domino beat, yep. but just like a Golden little. Kansas City. Yeah. And he did cover it, too. There's a little Fats <laughs> Domino. Kansas <laughs> City. But, yeah. Walking to Kansas City. But it's just like a little less like swing to it. If that's the right word, like I don't know. Doesn't have that New Orleans. Like, yeah. That little. Just, that. Don't don't that, do it. Don't whatever that, you're gonna say. Don't do that it. Thick Nolens molasses. <laughs> <laughs> don't have that gumbo in his veins. Baby. <laughs> you gotta make you have a so, little bit of that gumbo liar. <laughs> gotta be raised. Stirred up in that musical loop. <laughs> oh my god. Raised on that red beans and rice, baby. You know what you gotta do? You gotta put a little trumpet on it. <laughs> make it funky. I hate you guys, <laughs> but you know exactly what I mean. Like it's just, it's like a little something. It's just a little something. It's you like you gotta a put a little jazz bow like, lyre on it. That gree gree. Jazz bow lyre. Is that what you said? <laughs> jazz bow lyre. <laughs> <laughs> a little spice and seasoning with that jazz bow lyre. <laughs> Doctor Kyle here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a hair to like Midwestern, like <laughs> sure, a little too Kansas City. Right. To be fair, it's, <laughs> I know, it's like I know, City. I know. City. It's like a hair to Midwestern. So those are my thoughts. Sure, enjoy. I like it. Okay, <laughs> Kyle. Okay, are you prepared? First of all, oh no, how dare you? <laughs> uh, no, seriously. To me, what brings it down? And I see what they're going for with all their covers, uh, honestly, is in their head movie. They were like, well, we made we made our rep as a live band Mm. cranking out these covers. And you can kind of hear it on BBC a little bit without Abbey Road production and all kind of the band. They maybe sounded a little bit like, which is maybe more accurate and to my ears, more enjoyable. I think it's that in a studio environment by the time you get to Beatles for Sale the production's too good sure you know what I mean yeah. in a weird way to to pull off the the rawness that they were looking for because really you know and this is mono mix not stereo but if you go to Please Please Me at least there's they still had some grit in them mm-hmm. at that point that didn't get polished up. Right. Um, and I, I just feel like by the time we get to Beatles for Sale era, the vocal's great, but I, I just feel like the backing is... And in the background, if you listen close, and I, I did to uh, research for this, they're swinging hard underneath this mm-hmm. on the track, but you don't... I don't really hear it or feel it. Now, when the technology gets to Beatles for sale, whenever that'll be, 2024, I'd guess, um, it'll 
this early stuff will be interesting from a remix perspective to maybe yeah bring out see where that goes some because to me just a lot <laughs> of it sounds buried the drums aren't nearly loud enough on this um i can hear that piano part mm-hmm. but maybe it's good it's kind of buried in the mix because for all of george martin's talent r&b pianist i'm not sure was <laughs> are you at the sure height of his forte um like slow down <laughs> i'm just picturing like hey he's riding that left hand you right. go george uh bless him uh Beatles wouldn't be the Beatles without him. And I just feel like there's too many things working against this being what I want it to be. Yeah. Uh, which is when I think, oh, what I want a Beatles cover to sound like. Do you know the uh, clip from the Swedish television show of Long Tall Sally? Yeah. yeah. Ringo starts... Mm-hmm. doing this on the drums mm-hmm. and they're just balls out rocking yeah yeah they never sounded like that on record yeah and that may be by virtue of like well that's too raw and unpolished like like I said before give it to me that's it's also incredibly hard to get it. that kind of adrenaline on record in a studio environment like uh, you can attest to that like go listen of, to think about the who sings my generation and I'll prove you wrong. I would disagree because I think even it's the most adrenaline and but, anger but and violence. La- but and live, they're bigger and louder than that. Like live, they're bigger than that every time. Even in those early videos, like when you go listen to that record, like you could tell like they're amped up and it's big and loud, but like it's not them live. No, I know. Like it's it's impossible to capture that live feeling. I think in a studio because things are recorded set you know individually like it just you don't have the ambient sound i think of no, a band you just in a said place that with the exception of one overdub it, it was a band performance. well no I, I mean i mean like instruments are mic'd individually oh, and yeah. then mixed, oh, set, mixed like that so you don't have like the overall like in a like you know but you, you get what i'm saying like i got you i feel like it's a live band in a room to people is always going to sound different than a live band in a room to themselves. I understand. Even if you do just as much probably in, you know, <laughs> you take as many uppers in, <laughs> in the studio as you do right. in before a show. You're not going to get the some other guy yeah. at the cavern sound on record. Or like, what's the one that... I, I get that. At, what's, what's the one Which in I love Washington, D.C. that Ringo's just like, like just nuts on? Might be uh, I saw her standing there, maybe. Some, it's, I think it's that. Well, on every song from that, if you There's watch one where it, he's just like, it's he, like metal. Like, yeah. he's playing heavy metal. It's just <laughs> rocking so friggin' hard. And it's not because I think he wanted to rock. I think he literally couldn't hear. Yeah, he's so just he's having... just like And he's bashing just going hard. for dear yeah. life, trying to find some kind of backbeat in a ton, wind tunnel, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this... Like parts of it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't quite come together as, as a whole for me, as a record. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, it's the Beatles, so as you always say, I'm not clowning it or going like, "Ooh, that's garbage." Like, right. it's all great. I love everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, when I was a kid, and I had Beatles Six, which I'm just that much older than you that I. I, I got the American uh, records before uh, English versions became standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this was a skipper oh, for me. Really? Oh, really? This was a skipper. That's surprising because yeah. yeah. that's that's generally surprising. This would be a skipper for a skipper. you. Interesting. Pick up the needle. Not like ooh, I hate it, but I would just there was nice. other stuff on the record I wanted to get to more. Well, I am even other covers on that record. Bad boy, like uh, I, yeah. I was like. I was like, this This is cooler than Kansas City to me. Um, and maybe, oh, God, uh, get ready for the hate mail, but I, I feel like <laughs> Paul McCartney's Little Richard-esque vocals never been my favorite thing. Wholeheartedly disagree. Get out of my house. Never been my favorite thing. <laughs> Dude, I feel like what? as a cover band because that's what they were for many years to me vocally anyway John just pulled it off a whole lot better than, than Paul McCartney John can't Paul do that sounds like thing. he's doing an 
imitation. Whereas I feel like every time John steps up to a Dizzy Miss Lizzie, bad boy, uh, leave my kitten alone, he's just letting rip as John Lennon. Agreed, agreed. Whereas it sounds like Paul's doing a Little Richard impression. Does that make sense? I could see that. I I disagree. I'm not hating. Right, I'm not no. saying, oh, Paul sucks. I can no, see absolutely it's not. somewhat of an impression because to do those Little Richard songs, you have to do that. That woo thing, right? Like the high falsetto woo, like it's part and of. And it's not the bad thing. because the fact that he can even land in the same neighborhood oh, yeah. as right. Richard is and like I mean, impressive he was doing in and of itself. This without changing key into his what fifties, yeah, like yeah. really before the voice because little started Richard cracking. is honestly on like another planet from like, everyone else. John couldn't sing in the best way. Tall Sally, no, absolutely. Like not. They, they would have never covered that. They would have never no. covered this. If it was just John singing, I'd argue Long Tall Sally far better than oh, hundred, hundred percent, yeah, far better. Many, many, many um, episodes away from Long Tall Sally, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, something about this always put it in the meh category for me. Like, eh, it's cute, it's nice. Moving on. Would you rather have this or? A subpar Lennon McCartney song. I'd like rather a, have Thinking of Linking. No, you would not, Kyle. Then this. You would Absolutely. Not. You would not. Absolutely. Love, Just fun. Love of the loved. Just fun. Love of the loved. I'd take them all. <laughs> I would take all of them. No. Yes. Oh, God. No. There's some doo-doo in those. It's my favorite writer. Of course in that I would pie, want man. even their worst original <laughs> compositions over a little Richard impression. I'm sorry. I just would. Interesting. Thought I knew you. I'm not hating. I thought I'm I knew hating. you. I feel I feel so far removed from our friendship right now, Kyle. <sighs> oh my gosh. I mean, it could be. <laughs> I'm, worse. Kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Still waiting for that John Bourgeois episode where he uh, he'll corrects never, you about Ringo. He'll never come on this show, man. <laughs> that guy will never come on this podcast. Joe Bourgeois? John. John. Oh, John. Joe won't either. No, Joe, Joe, won't either. Joe just doesn't care, but John actively hates the Beatles. Yeah, oh my gosh. which is hilarious. Well, no, he's told me now. He's like, I don't hate them. I just don't care. <laughs> I respect them. It's fine. Hey, that's. I just don't care. That's progress. That's that's right? progress. progress. Well, all right. He's now just ambivalent. He's now just ambivalent. <laughs> so, I guess let's put a pin in this. Though I know what you're going to say. At 132, too high or too low? Far too high. If you were ranking, where would this be? Ballpark. Is this in the 200s for you? Not the that, high 100s? It's not that low. Um, this would be in the 180s, maybe. Yeah. 190s, even. Not not my favorite. Okay. Not okay. my favorite at all. Sure. Okay. Julia. Not my least favorite, but it's it's considering the cornucopia of goodness mm-hmm. surrounding it. I've, like... I'm just thinking of recent episodes. Like, I'd have Revolution 1 above this. I'd have Dr. Robert above this easily, by far. So, yeah, this... Uh, yeah, even sort of like the mid-range originals are better yes. than this. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This, yeah. This, 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 this does not do it for me. Interesting. You Like Me Too Much is better. Oh. Really? Run for your life. Better. Terrible really? lyrically, better musically. It's my opinion. I'm just. I would rather like an energetic rock cover than like a. We had to turn in 14 songs, so like, let's just knock out this half-written kind of George thing. Or I don't know. I, I said what I said. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then you clip oh, the audio. I forgot a, I forgot a, uh, I forgot a cover I love. That was, was I on this episode? I can't even remember. Uh, Words of Love. You were not. I don't think. To me, that's beautiful. Just because they did. Maybe a, you were. I don't remember. They did a totally different thing with that. Um, that one's pretty close, though. I think to just the, original. the, those close harmony mmms on mm-hmm. that. That's mm. Mm, that's ear candy for me. It's yeah. delicious. Okay. Uh, okay. I, 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 I would have I would have put that far higher. Yeah. Far higher than this. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're all entitled. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm not saying it's fact. Nor are you. Yeah. That's the beauty of this podcast. Exactly. Before we move away from this, yes, I was 
I remind asked Julie to remind me to tell this story. So thank you for the remembrance for the reminder. You're welcome. For the remembrance. Thanks for the remembrance. I haven't been able to find this story anywhere. I saw this video once where McCartney talked about they were touring with Little Richard in '62. Yep. And that's how they made Billy Preston. Yes. And every night they watched as. So this came about because someone asked Paul what his pre-show ritual was as far as, like, warming up his vocals. And um, I know he didn't drink water. He does now. He really? Does, okay. He didn't do the water because Elvis didn't drink water. Ah. Uh, so, but now he, do, he, he does 80s, drink water. You might want to He does do the water. up a little bit. He might do a tea, too. I feel like there's, like, ah. a little mug of tea. Um, but apparently there was some concoction that they observed – Little Richard put into a, I don't a like kettle. This is, going. This, is, this is great. They observe, he put it into this kettle of, of hot water. I forget. It, it was a mixture of some kind of uh, oils and herbs. It wasn't anything, you know. No. It wasn't anything, you know. It wasn't like drugs. It wasn't anything It wasn't illegal, drugs it was just, or anything salacious. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was, he put it into this kettle of boiling water. probably some water. sort of like peppermint, eucalyptus, or something yeah. to like open up. Yeah. Some Actually, sort that, of. that all sounds good. Yeah. We should do that before shows. Right. right? So what do you... What he saw was every night Richard would go to his steaming thing of, of, of vapor, you know, put his head over it with a towel draped on his head and just <sighs> inhale these vapors. And, it's like Crocodile Dundee. Right? And then he'd be down there for about a minute. And then he would jolt up real fast, whip the towel off his head, and look at the mirror and go, Richard, you are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could find this video. Oh my god! If someone could find this and send it my way, because it was the funniest thing. And it. for years, Julie and I have been like, "Richard, you are beautiful!" <laughs> like all the time. So, highly requested. If you know of this clip, please uh, share with your friends. So, are you, do you have something to add? Oh no, just you know, uh, I'm remembering now that uh, when I was in Dash Riprog, we played. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's some festival in Jackson, Mississippi. Their version of City Stages and sure. Jazz Fest or whatever. And uh, we played earlier in the day, and the uh, the headliner was Little Richard. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> did he travel with the band, or did he, did he Chuck Berry it and hire locals? Uh, to my knowledge, I don't know, but it, it looked like his band. I okay. could be wrong. Okay. But I do know that he did travel with his own dancer named Big J. And uh, okay. Big J was a very young man mm -hmm. who was very scantily clad. <laughs> <laughs> and every couple of songs, Richard would shout out, Where's Big J? <laughs> and Big J would come out and do a dance. Yeah. Like a little interpretive I, dance? I, I don't even know how to quite describe it, except in Jackson, Mississippi, it maybe raised some eyebrows. <laughs> um, yeah. It looked like he was intimate with the piano, let's say. <laughs> and so for years afterwards in the dash van, every now and then someone would just look around and go, Big J! Where's Big J? Where's Big J? Um <laughs> Anyway, and he also, I do remember him doing uh, Kansas City mm -hmm. and telling a little Beatles story about how, uh, oh, them boys ripped me off and everything, oh. but not not mean, and then like joking about it after. He's like, but they also made me a lot of money too, honey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, Paul McCartney's all right with little Richard, I can tell you that right, right now. <laughs> Woo! Big J! So yeah, it was... Uh, it's quite an experience. Yeah. yeah, such a personality. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh my god. So, so yeah, to this day, anytime I can't Jay? believe it took this long, but anytime I talk about Little Richard, all I can think is, <laughs> "Where's Big J?" <laughs> and then I think, of course, of Big J himself, and wow, what a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited because we're now at the part of the show where we would normally do rapid fire questions. Got it. But today, because you're here for the fifth time, five timer. We want to try something new. Okay. Are you down to go on a journey with us? I am. All right. Hang on. Uh-oh. Feast your eyes on the complete Beatles quiz book. Oh, wow. We recently purchased this that? at uh, Shangri-La Shangri Records in Memphis, Tennessee. I found it. 
Julia found it. it <laughs> and was, I was uh, like, we have to buy this, right? It was eight ninety nine. <laughs> uh, originally published in nineteen seventy five. This edition, nineteen eighty two. So I'm sure all the information is a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> <laughs> <and> current. <laughs> so I'm curious. Do you want to quiz me? Is, is I'm gonna, we're going to quiz okay. you. Uh, if you've ever listened to our friends uh, Elva Nilo, they mm-hmm. used to do this bit called Quizzin' Time. We're stealing it. It's Quizzin' Time on Rankin' the Beatles, folks. So I'm going to ask you Can four you make questions. make a song? Because their song was really good. I'm just going to steal their song. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go to their <laughs> podcast and completely off. steal the song. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you four questions. I'm just going to sue you. <laughs> if you get all four right, I'm going to give you... Um, a nickel because that's <laughs> I don't wow. have I have nothing else to give you. Okay. I feel like he needs to get five right for a nickel. Ooh, five cents for five. 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 A penny yeah. for everyone five. you get right. However five mu- cents, Kyle. However five cents quiz questions. However much you walk out with here is up to you. It's okay. a penny per answer. I'll Venmo you. <laughs> we'll Venmo you. All right. Use the Zell. Five questions. Do you feel good about this? Sorry, I, I actually. Nineteen seventy-five. I'll be curious to see what the. I only marked was four then. questions. My bad. Oh, <laughs> oh God! If you can only find one. a fifth. Jeez. All right, here we go. Ringo's starting salary as a Beatle was twenty-five pounds a week. True or false? True. Ding ding ding! He's right. It is true. Well done. That was a guess, but I was like, a week? 25 pounds a week. Wow. But I do remember reading uh, that they put him on a salary at first. Yeah. Um, just to, to give you five, I'm going to go with another question out okay. of this, this page here. Uh, John and Yoko made a 60-minute film that consists solely of John smiling. True or false? True. False. It's 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid answer. <laughs> Hey, bro. This see is how it's going to be. This is the okay. complete quiz book. It's complete. Okay. Yeah. All right. 90 minutes. It's 90 minutes. Jesus. It's a I was about to impress you. With, oh, was it Bottoms? Was it Fly? Like, <laughs> I know all these all right. John and Yoko short films. Although 90, not, not short. so short. Yeah. What is the London Street address of Apple Records? Three Savile Row. Got it. Bing, 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 bing. Two out of three. All right. I'm giving myself that third one too. That's whack. <laughs> Sixty versus False. ninety minutes. <laughs> that's like that's the worst answer. False. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do King Kong, Napoleon, the Boob, and Father Mackenzie have in common? King Kong, Napoleon, the Boob, and Father Mackenzie. Well, the I know that Father McKenzie, wipes the hands, wipes his hands of dirt as he walks from the grave. I guess they all walked away from a grave? I don't know. No. That's hard. Are you giving up on this one? Father McKenzie, I don't think King Kong wrote a sermon. Um, if I remember correctly, King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> Unrelated. None, none, none. Napoleon. Napoleon. And the boob. Jeremy Boob. Remember Jeremy Boob? Yeah, yeah. From Yellow Submarine. It's the King Kong that's throwing me. Did Father McKenzie climb the Empire State Building? <laughs> um, that, that verse got cut. <laughs> uh, you got me. Uh, I'm absolutely stumped on this. They all appear in the movie Yellow Submarine. King Kong? Bum, 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 bum. Apparently, yeah. That's what, that. That's what the complete Beatles quiz I'm book need says. Documentation of this. That. We're going to have to watch it, which means you have to watch it. You have refused. I don't remember Napoleon. It might be in a Pass. montage scene that just passed by me. They were all in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Rufus. Napoleon's best film uh, appearance. <laughs> Mid. Uh, this is a really tough one, okay? This is the last one. They're all hard. This is for all the marbles. This one comes from the Connoisseur's Quiz. Oh, no. Mm. This is the tough one. In this particular quiz, and I'm, we're not going to do all the questions on it because a lot of them are pretty crappy. Um, 
Here are the scoring rules for the book's toughest test in this quiz, right? Zero through four correct, I'm a loser. Five through nine, I should have known better. 10 through 14, I feel fine. 15 or more correct, if you do this well, you could have written this book, in which case you'd be a paperback writer. But it, it's a hardback. A bunch of idiots. A bunch of idiots. All right. Okay. So that's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> which American college produced two Beatle wives? Sarah Lawrence. Holy shit, he got it. My dude. I'm just going to give you the nickel for that one, man. Congratulations. You have earned that nickel, sir. I'm going to give you a... Yoko and Linda. That is correct. Went to, uh, Sarah wow. Man, I did not expect... <laughs> I was like, that's a stumper. That's going to get him. Oh, man. Well done, Kyle. Well done, buddy. Thank you. Thank Farmer you. Kyle. If only I knew that smile was 90 fucking minutes. <laughs> uh, that's whack. Goodness. I'm looking through these questions. Some of them are just dumb. Oh, people, you'll find out. In what non-Beatles song is it said that the Beatles knew records of gas? What now? In what non-Beatles song is it said that the Beatles knew records of gas? A gas? A gas. It's a jam. It's a jam, I will say that. Huh. Who the artist? Temptations. Cloud Nine? Ball of Confusion. Fuck! Ha! Ha! Beatles knew records of gas. Yeah. Every time I was on Beatles knew records of gas. Ball of Confusion! That's what the world is today! <laughs> Just clipping the audio oh, everywhere. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, five out of five. Evolution, revolution. I'm giving you the five out of five. I think for Sarah Lawrence. It. Who the hell knows for, that? Because you got Sarah Lawrence. I'm giving you that one. Kyle, congratulations. The first ever champion on the complete Beatles quiz of ranking the Beatles, written by uh, Edwin Goodgold. <laughs> that's not a what? real name. Edwin Goodgold. 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 That's a that's a student. And Dan Karlinski. I wonder if they're still around. If they're kicking, I want to have them. Are they are they with us? Yeah, I, wanna, I, wanna, I would I would like to, I to quiz to them. them. I'd like to quiz them, man. Well, Kyle, my friend, you've got a lot of things going on between your activities sure in our band big in the 90s yep. uh imagination movers what yep. all's going on anything you want to oh plug to the people um well let's see uh we've got a bunch of shows coming up with big in the 90s which means nothing unless you're listening in new orleans uh imagination until movers. next year we'll spread that's that. true we'll spreading it's that love nationwide baby i don't know about that <laughs> gulf south gulf, gulf south <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, big in the nineties band. Imagination movers are actually going in a couple of weeks to studio in the country. Nice to make a new uh, new record, um, which should be out next year. Doing an EP so or a full exciting. length? I think there's a full length there. Nice. Right. Full length worth of material. Just got to figure out if uh, that's the direction we're going to go for. It's, it's going to be EP. If you need stuff. to fill space, you could always do a little Richard cover. That's true. I mean. <laughs> You might not like it very much, but you can do it. Watermelon, watermelon, meow, meow, woo! Um, I actually want to hear that. Can you That's going to be playing under this section. Right <laughs> I want you, watermelon, meow, meow. He's so heavy. Oh. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, making a new uh, record with the movers in a couple weeks. A uh, bunch of shows. And... Uh, and that's about it. Just the the, the end of the year kind of crept up on us, didn't sure it? Sure did. Yeah. Uh, sure didn't did. Didn't feel like it was coming. You know what it was? It was the fall weather hitting that brought it home to me. Yeah. Because it's been so hot in your head, you'd like just like uh, it's, it's still, still summer, summer forever. It's going back to the and hot. And then uh, when it got, no, oh, no, but even this brief snap, it was like, oh, what month is it? Oh, it's October. Oh, it's almost Ooh. November. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just end of year stuff. Um, just trying to, I don't know, end it on a high note. Sure, we'll sure, see. sure. We'll Excellent. See. But yeah. Well, buddy, thank Birthdays you. Birthdays in December. That's right. If you want to, if any listeners out there want to send get them a little something, something. One of the five timers, uh, <laughs> Sean <laughs> Nelson, Kyle Malonso, commemorative <laughs> five timers. What a Venmo, him a Shawl fiver or a sash. <laughs> By a fiver, I'm talking about a nickel. 
Somebody please Venmo <laughs> Kyle you, five cents. Uh, That'd be amazing. When you buy the cup of coffee for Jonathan and Julia, maybe throw in a little little shot of of uh, <laughs> espresso for your boy. Yeah. But no, uh, that's just a lot of music. Uh, a lot of friends, a lot of family, a lot of fun, hopefully. Excellent. That's what I got on tap for the rest of the year. Excellent, buddy. Well, thank you Sounds for good. coming on Rank of the Beatles yet again. High fives over here. The fifth time. Yes. Friends, what do you think about Kansas City Hey, Hey, Hey at hey. one thirty? Mr. Hey. Three. Are we too high? Are we too low? Or, or just like Baby Bear's Porridge, are we... Yeah! <laughs> That's my girl. Let us know what you think in the comments on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're not following us, you can follow us on Facebook at Ranking the Beatles. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Ranking the Beatles. Alternately, you can also follow us on the Twitters at Ranking Beatles. And uh, let us know what you think. If you're enjoying it, please tell a friend. Hit up that MySpace page, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got the sparkliest background on MySpace. <laughs> all the all the Beatles songs just autoplay as soon as you Who's go to it. yours? Can you get to it if you want no, to? No, it's long gone. It's long gone. Who's in your top five? Oh, God. Oh. That was big. Yeah. Then it was top ten. Like I the, thought it was only five. Well, they kept I didn't even making have it one, bigger. But I remember top five. They kept being expanding the big thing. it, and the longer, uh, yeah, they, they someone was like top twenty, and then you lost all the luster. No, the whole point of the top. five If you was fell out of that top five, your friendship was on rocks. It's true. Very dramatic. All people. Yeah, yeah. Steve, what's up? As if Steve <laughs> ever had a mice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Friends, well, that's all we got for this week. So until the next one, uh, take care of yourselves. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all. Later. <laughs>